Hello and welcome to Times Tall Tales. Today, myself and Jordan are going way back in time for a new series. Uh, we're going to look at today the Shanadir Cave Burial. Now, the reason I wanted to look at this is primarily to sort of make people question perceptions on what we would call sort of primitive prehistoric society um so i guess i just want to sort of start with uh jordan what would you say i mean obviously i know you you do archaeology and ancient history and you you know much about this but as if you were thinking of a an ordinary ordinary is kind of the wrong word but we'll go with it ordinary modern brain what sort of characteristics would you associate with prehistoric communities well um if we're talking uh, i'm sorry i'm a bit confused about your question is it what would a modern an average modern person's conceptions be of prehistoric communities yeah what would you sort of think they'd what 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 would we as sort of a society now think of you know people living in Oh, okay. Couple, um, couple ten thousand BC or so. <laughs> um, big barrel, <laughs> big a barrel, while ago. Uh, bit stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> you probably think a bit ugga bugger. Um, clubs, <laughs> mammoth meat. <laughs> like Fred Flintstone was. Is it Fred Flintstone? The Flintstones. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So. <laughs> What I wanted to do with the Shanadir Cave Burial is really challenge that idea. Um, Because this this site is very unique in what it shows. So I guess to actually tell you what it is, um, it's a burial site. It's also known as the Flower Burial. It's a cave containing nine Neanderthal skeletons, eight were adults, one child. It's about 14 metres of deposit and it's dated between 65,000 years ago to modern. So there's there's a lot of deposit that's been building up. Um, if we're looking at then how these Neanderthals died, we can't really tell a huge amount. Uh, some have skull injuries likely from a rock fall uh what i wanted to have a little think about though is how we can sort of tell how someone has died so sort of how do we determine whether it's ritual or accidental or natural or even murder you know some of the earliest murder that's going on um some key ideas of this then are the positioning of the body the placement of the body where it actually is as well sort of objects around it uh, obvious afflictions on the body so this is sort of wounds like the the skulls crushed in and sort of this this Shanadir cave burial is the epitome of what looks like a staged ritualistic kind of murder the burial I'm talking about is known as burial 4 but I prefer flower burial it sounds much cooler Uh, (laughs) the area revealed a soil sample there's a soil sample even i'm sorry revealed that there were 28 species of pollen often in quite high clusters which is a 
much higher concentration than anywhere nearby the cave. So sort of the, the first idea that came from this was, were they buried on a, a flower flower bed? You know, was this sort of a a big spectacle that would have been shown here? Um, one quite famous man that wrote about it was Selecki in 1971. He wrote, Shanadir, the first flower people. So obviously he did believe in the flower burial idea. It sounds very the... uh, beautiful. <laughs> it sounds um, much like modern day of how we put... Um, flowers on graves and you know we, we usually inter um individuals with flowers maybe a rose on the coffin that sort of thing yeah so one of the one of the things that i have i mean i haven't written it down but one of the things that sort of that just made me think of is a lot of the flowers have specific purposes whether it be medicinal or spiritual and you know whereas today we might have uh, a sign of flowers that says mum or dad or grandma or something like that perhaps flowers were meant to represent the person or maybe their job or their, their role within the community so that's quite an interesting connection between modern use of flower and burials and prehistoric um that sort of covered my point then of the the flowers are actually quite unique so some of the ones to just spin off names we've got yarrow yarrow cornflower bachelor's button uh, a lot of them are known to have curative powers as uh, diuretics and stimulants astringents as well as anti-inflammatory properties so these are quite useful things you know they're not they're not just there to look pretty they are actually useful products in the community uh Another theory that Selecki spins is that perhaps the man could have had uh, shaman powers. Perhaps he was acting as a medicine man to the Shanadir Neanderthals, hence why quite a lot of them are of a medical nature. Um, I mean, we, we have studied this, so a little bit of context, I guess, on Neanderthal beliefs, just to sort of... Obviously, these are all theoretical um, what you know, what we've sort of inferred from studying uh, Neanderthals, but there's quite a strong link between life after death, and this is quite a common theme, I'd say, throughout history. Quite a lot of the stuff we've looked at, especially with Egyptian beliefs as well. It always it always comes back to Egyptians with me. Um, <laughs> the idea of life after death is really important, and as a result mourning and honouring the dead is a really important thing and yet again I bring it back to the symbolic purposes of flowers, you know, sort of the spiritual meaning of flowers and it's like you said, you know, today we put, you know, maybe someone's favourite flowers on their grave yeah there's also quite a, sorry, go ahead um, I just found it very interesting that in especially the point of him being like some sort of ancient apothecary. Um, it's very, very interesting. Um, also, uh, the idea that flowers um, are the symbols of life after death is fascinating. <laughs> I've never really heard of the Shandadar Cape Pharaoh before, but now I want to find out more. <laughs> it's <laughs> very, very interesting. Yeah, it's 
it, it it gets even more interesting. Just just you wait. This is this is just <laughs> the theoretical stuff. Um, so another quite strong belief uh, that is typically associated with shamanism is there is an energy to everything, you know, and everything runs off the same energy. And shamans, which hopefully I'll be able to speak out in another episode, will they have this ability to sort of connect with the land you know it's a bit like when you're in zen mode in yoga you sort of have <laughs> this is it's, it's one a with the universe <laughs> yeah it's, it's a similar idea that they can sort of connect with the energies and as a result there's you know appropriate places for the dead to be buried and there's appropriate places for the living to set up communities and it's quite a I think it's quite a cool idea actually that you know there's there's the right place to be buried you know it's the right place for you to successfully cross over into the afterlife the realm uh, the, the living and the dead are separate it also it really um it really um it has loads of similarities with a Neolithic culture, doesn't it? Of Homo sapiens with a enclosed, um, what they called now, um, <laughs> like henges, um, that sort of thing, keeping the ancestors in and the living out these places, these really important um, geographical locations that are very significant to life or death, and they cannot really be either <laughs> they cannot be life and death you can't really have both in one and that's a that's actually quite a quite a smooth segue into the next point which is um it's quite a community thing death is quite a a bonding experience almost for those that are that are left i mean the the building of like the henges that you mentioned that's you know that's not just some guy with a bit of stone that's a lot of builders coming together with you know proper sourcing going on you know actually planning where things are going to go and there's sort of a strong idea of collective ways of memorializing you know there's collective burial traditions the um square barrow cemeteries from mid late iron age they're, they're a collective way of burying, you know, they're sort of, they're uniform, as it were. And also quite a strong point to mention is the importance of uh, the ancestry, the importance of, you know, remembering those who have been. Um, not to blabber on, but there's a really interesting uh, settlement in Jericho, which had, uh, I don't know, if you remember, we did do about it briefly, but they had um, a tower that really was no good as a defensive tower. So it must have been sort of a memorial kind of thing. And one of the stair, like the stairway alleyways, was just filled with skeletons. Like, and they were sort of almost quite creepily watching over the the, the community that's below. And it's, again, it's quite an impressive feat to have to build such a huge temple just to store dead people in it. But it sort of shows the the importance of 
the link between the living and the dead you know they're sort of the living are meant to provide for the dead and hence why perhaps there are offerings of flowers and i mean these these are very sophisticated beliefs like i sort of reference what the slightly <laughs> impromptu question i sprung on you earlier you know this isn't Flintstones kind of territory. This is very sophisticated <laughs> kind of ideas that are coming out here. Um, I guess back to reality then. There are obviously alternative explanations for these flowers. Very sadly, uh, animals, quite likely rodents, were probably collecting flowers for food or bedding. As gross as it might sound, um, dead bodies make excellent soil conditions and just perfect to make a little den on <laughs> there were <laughs> i know it's a bit grim but oh well there were quite a lot of rodent bones and burrows found in the cave unfortunately so that's sort of quite a solid theory they would yeah they dig above the body because it's nice and soft there's also air travel um the cave has a huge entrance which would make pollination easy this is slightly less plausible i mean all although the pollen inside the cave mirrors that that's outside it would be quite unusual for it to gather in such large clusters in one space but who knows you know it is still possible uh it could be rained or washed in and uh, my favorite theory is uh really big bees it's an insect-borne pollen. So I can't remember who came up with this. I just remember reading it and thinking, oh, it's brilliant. But really big <laughs> bees pollinated the body. I think it's brilliant. It's such a good, <laughs> such a good theory. Um, but, I mean, with any of the explanations, it's still an intentional burial. Um, but unfortunately, it's not likely it was a flower burial. However, it's not that it's not in a natural position. It was, you know, a symbolic kind of placement in the cave as well. Now for the exciting bit. This is the bit I promised. Uh, we're looking at burial one now. So this is this is the important guy. The body here is about 40 to 50 years old. So that's, that's old in prehistoric, like that's really old in prehistoric <laughs> terms. I mean, well, that's suppose that's, wasn't the um, wasn't the average <laughs> mortality rate thirty? <laughs> yeah, if you were if you were good, if you behaved, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if you if you're a hunter gatherer, you were fine. But uh, no, if you're a gatherer, you're fine. If you're hunting, died you died at the ripe old age of twenty five. I know, I know. God, that's midlife. We're, we're nearly at the midlife crisis stage. Uh, <laughs> so, this man had a very violent blow to the left side of his head, which probably left him partially blind. He had a deformed right arm and also quite probably damage to his right leg. He was also most likely deaf, um, but all of his injuries were completely healed. And it probably occurred quite a long time before his death. So, you know, maybe that was his midlife crisis, getting attacked by a mammoth or something. <laughs> Again, they didn't live together. I know my Ice Age history. Um, but what we can learn from this is that actually it's a really dangerous lifestyle. You know, we sort of 
nowadays it's dangerous to even step out your front door but then you know it was proper harm that they were enduring and living through it but the really interesting part and this is what i particularly value from this burial is that it showed the community cared for their ill and their old the the community would need to help him with basic tasks you know hunting help him to heal because he can't see he probably can't hear he's got (laughs) it's not gonna make much use of the the hunting path it's it's really hard to cope with that and if you imagine you know they don't have well as far as we know they don't have you know an established form of sign language or of anything of that kind of form but what it does show is that perhaps there is some established care for the ill you know maybe there is a magical medicine man um you know to heal properly he's out of action for quite a while it's likely that the community filled the gaps that he left so if he was a hunter you know they'd have to sort of rally together to to sort of fill his gap and also he's deaf so life must have been adapted to include someone that couldn't hear so it sort of makes you question what kind of communication system did they have you know were they were they speaking at this point was it hand signals you know a bit like sign language um but the important thing to take from this is that it's not an uncaring society you know it's quite a modern concept to have a a setup care system and also to understand the consequence of injuries you know not just to go oh your arm's hanging off you'll be fine in a week or so (laughs) like it yeah the the actual understanding of you know rest will make it better and you can keep going after that not to just sort of push through to me i think is quite a modern concept or what, what what we would class as quite a modern concept you wouldn't expect primitive people and I'm saying that with air quotes to have an idea of established healthcare you know I'm not talking NHS quality but (laughs) there's something there that has helped this man who has had a really violent life (laughs) to be able to live to a pretty old age um, I mean, it's quite a nice, so yes, it's quite a nice message considering the current situation, isn't it? Um, the coronavirus pandemic, the fact that um, we're kind of all um, coming together now, aren't we? Um, to accommodate the old and the elderly, um, to help them survive and the the weak. Um, I mean. It's kind of a nice comparison, isn't it? In this time that for thousands and thousands of years, human species have been caring for the old and for the ill. Yeah, so hopefully this has revamped some modern ideas about the primitive ways of dealing with ill and perhaps the ideas of burial and how sort of respectful that even in our very early lives we were to the dead and how important they are okay that's that's enough of me blabbering i think so 
thank you very <laughs> thank you very much for listening thank you uh and we shall see you in the next episode Thank you.